Here we are. Hello, everybody. Hey, squad. Hey. Don't get too ex- So, everyone, um, we had to record an intro for this episode. This is episode 25, where we are reattempting Wanderlust episode five of Law and Order SVU. I know. We're like looking at each other like, right? Um, <laughs> what show do we recap again? What is it's this? It's been a minute. And CIS, New Orleans. I don't even know if that's real. <laughs> I think it is. Ew. Um, it sounds terrible. So, poor NC. We have to like del- delve into why people like that someday. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so this is, we were going to release that. I don't even remember what day. Um, Mid-July, I think. Mid-July. We were going to release this episode mid-July, but then something happened. Something that we will disclose. We're fine. <laughs> We still talk. Everyone's fine. Everyone's fine. We did not have a falling out, although I did play around with the idea of like teasing that we had a falling out to get more followers. Like people are like, what is <laughs> what is this random podcast? Like we start tagging things like Selena and Haley and people are like, what? And then suddenly like this bitch with her eyebrows. <laughs> Wait, which one? That Would that be me or you? We both have like very nice eyebrows. So but yeah, this was supposed to be re- released mid-July. Um, something happened. We will disclose it on our next recording, but this is an opener for our second attempt at Wanderlust, or as we called it, Wanderbust. Now the cursed episode. It is. I'm honestly a little scared to release it. I don't... Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. It but... might... We don't even know when this is going to air because I'm going to have to listen to it a couple of times just to make sure there's no like backwards music in the background, you know, like prompting everyone to kill. Summoning demons. Right. I don't, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. And I'm not fucking around with it. So you will be listening to the now weeks, months old. Months. <laughs> oh, my God, Brittany. This is so crazy. Cosmic. OK, so. Wanderlust was episode five, also our fifth episode of the podcast. When we re-recorded it, it was the 25th episode. We're recording this opening. Oh, my goodness. At 5 p.m. What's oh happening? Sh- oh, my goodness. I'm scared. Five's our lucky number. I, or unlucky. I don't I don't know. <laughs> what if the devil's like, we changed it to five? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was wise to six, so we're, I went down a numeral. So we... This is Wanderlust. Our next episode will be the long-awaited recap of season one, and we'll get into why we took such a long break. And then someday, the week after, we will start with season two, finally. it's It's been long enough. It's And we did need a bit of a break. I mean, this is probably, this might have happened regardless. Something would have happened where I was like, I can't take it anymore. I'm just dreaming of Olivia and Elliot all the time. Honestly, b- right before I knew that we were going to go on a little bit of a hiatus, like literally hours, I almost texted you something stupid about purse earrings from the episode. Where oh, yeah. Like, oh, my gosh. I always have earrings in my purse. What kind of woman? Stabler was like, you don't have a purse. But I was at an airport, didn't have earrings. And I was like, I wish I had some in my purse. And then I almost texted Paige like, remember when I was shitting on purse earrings? I really wish I had some right now. And then hours later, I received a very... Disturbing message that we will talk about (laughs) next time. I will never forget sending that message. 
<laughs> because I was like, mm, this has gone too far. I was not going to mention it. I was going to go as long as I could without mentioning it. I was like, I don't need to tell anyone about we this. I'm like, what the fuck? I know. You've been like, wait, you just, I'm good at keeping secrets. I once, you are. I, I once kept a breakup secret <laughs> for a year. A year. Um, thanks for your patience. You're going to love the reason why. Um, yeah, well, I, I, I'm so bad. You're going to love it. You're going to love the way you look. I've missed doing this, so I'm excited to come back next week. We're going to recap. I don't remember shit about season one. I know. It's really interesting. I'm going to be like, and then Elliot, was it a Stanley? Elliot Stanley and Olivia Bucket? <laughs> She'll be like, what the fuck? Who are you talking about? Oh, it hurts to laugh. Um, oh, oh, oh wow! We'll find out why. I was gonna say so. teaser. Uh, 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 uh. Uh, well, all right, bye guys. Later, squad. Enjoy the episode. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, everybody. Hey, guys. So I know last week we said that we were going to be doing a season one recap, but we lied. We fucking lied to you guys. We lied because do you know what? And probably none of you actually remember this, but do you know what? (laughs) We realized that we never really got to recap episode five, season one, (laughs) episode five, Wanderlust, because it shit out on us. You guys never got to hear episode five, so you know what? We figured we're going to go back. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. And it's our 25th episode, it so is. that's kind of fun. 5-5, five, five, you know? And it's 5-30, so angel numbers. Perfect. Um, it's October 29th, which is divisible by five. Exactly. <laughs> the stars are all aligning. <laughs> but we don't really have any fun facts because, I mean, the main ones are um, Patricia Richardson's in it. Yes. Iconic queen from Home Improvement. Back when we first recorded this, I absolutely hated the other main guest star of this, but now I've changed my mind. I'm like, huh, I actually kind of like her. She does a good job. She doesn't do a bad job. Oh, um, wait, I think I had some retractions from last week. Did I have any retractions? Was it about euthanasia? Yes! Oh, that was what... Oh, <laughs> Sorry, Lucy. Oh, yeah, I have to issue a public apology to Brittany. I cut out a lot of our back and forth, but I was dead ass being like, no, Brittany. <laughs> like, and she was being... You were being so patient. You were like... Every time I was like, nope, you were like, they say euthanasia <laughs> Or euthanasia. And I kept saying it wrong. It's euthanasia. The funny thing is, on IMDb, they say euthanasia. I was like, Paige will never believe me if I quote <laughs> IMDb, too. <laughs> But yes, it was euthanasia. Yeah, I guess it was just because Brittany made a good suggestion that because I was like, why wouldn't they just say euthanasia as the drug or like I or um, phenobarbital. phenobarbital as the drug? Um, but it's probably because they didn't want people to freak out because I didn't know we gave my dog. I had a dog, a golden retriever, and she was epileptic and we gave that to her for years to control her seizures. So like, if it were me, I would have been like, oh, my God, I'm giving my dog euthanasia. But literally, euthanasia is the dumbest name you could give a drug it's (laughs) you can tell they didn't want to say and for context i did want to add i wanted to vindicate britney and shame myself i do the editing and so i wanted to add a clip of the people of the people saying euthanasia but it just wasn't because like we don't we don't have like 
a professional screen, an illegal professional screen recording device yet. Um, so I can only get what I can get. And it just wasn't like from the TV. And it didn't sound if you were listening to it, you wouldn't have, it wouldn't have been proving my point. Because I think you would have like if it would have been Yanni Laurel, you would have been like, no, it says euthanasia. And there were people going, it's euthanasia. euthanasia. And then we would have had. Well, they say it so gently too. like Stabler when he says it in his scene, he goes, oh, it was a drug called euthanasia. And you're like, what? And it's because when I went back to watch it, because I was like, there's no fucking way. There's no fucking way. And then I put the captions on again um, and I looked at it and I, and I looked at their lips and it was no, it was euthanasia. The only way to vindicate me is the fact that you have to close your lips to make a bee noise and euthanasia you don't. <laughs> we had to do some, we had to do our own detective work. We did. And I, I promptly sent a voice memo. I was like, I apologize. I was like, wow. <laughs> I, I had a feeling I would be wrong before i edited it so i was like i'm gonna watch <laughs> i didn't want the to be euthanasia. wrong um oh and i can't believe i didn't know this before because i went on a i had other things i cut out of that episode how much i talked about andrew mccarthy um i love him because he was born on november 29th oh he's a fellow sag he's a fellow sag we're back by the way we're back to the stabler family um in full force in this episode mm. actually i was realizing I think there's something in this episode we bring up a lot, and people must have been like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? We'll get there. The, 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 the scene Maureen. where he's, like, making out with Kathy, and she's like, Maureen has a boyfriend. I, they, like, when she kisses on the lips. But I feel like we bring up that scene a lot, and people have probably been like, when did that happen? So we'll get into it. This is the last episode of season one, but it was supposed to be the fifth episode of season one. It's called Wanderlust. Original air date, October 18th, 1999. Directed by David Hugh Jones. Oh, and Brittany, did you know that a man named Harry Strazier, um, who plays John Freeman, was also in First Kid? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, this is brand new information. <laughs> Never forget. Oh, he was no way. Oh, all right. Well, opening right. seed. Stabler rolls up to the crime scene and he exits the car. And I thought he looked bored. I thought it five months ago and I thought it today, too. <laughs> Stabler says, Elliot Stabler, sex crimes. And the ground cop tells him that the victim is Richard F. Schiller, and he is 42 years old. So inside, there is a body in a reclining chair. There is a sheet over his privates, tape, o- tape over his mouth. Um, he asks the female officer if this is her first dead body because she looks kind of freaked out. She nods. She's wearing the biggest police hat I've ever seen. <laughs> was it not comically large? It was. <laughs> It's like in Scary Movie 3 where the cop's hat keeps getting bigger and bigger. On this watch through, the big hat, I was like, is this a comedy? Is it a dark comedy? And this hat is a symbol of it being a dark comedy because it's a huge prop. I I don't know why. No, I think we're on the same same wavelength, the same me, if you will, the same page. There was a part, it was when they're talking to the ADA later and they're kind of going back and forth and it was like quippy 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 and I and I wanted to put like but um like behind a bunch of what they were saying she's like do we need a second to check the menu <laughs> I know I was like it is kind of a dark comedy and the way that Patricia Richardson acts is 100 percent they comedy. shouldn't have hired her for this role if they wanted it to be serious <laughs> and I remember us being confused and I'm so confused because this dead body is not terribly graphic um We'll see worse. Yeah, we've definitely seen worse in the episode since. He's supposed to have a head wound because they mention it later. He doesn't. Um, no. It kind of looks like he was sitting naked in his chair and he just died. <laughs> but, but, this, but this big hat ground cop turns away in disgust like, Ugh, Ugh. Ugh. we're like, really? Buckle up. <laughs> so out of nowhere, we, we hear a voice croak, 
who the hell is that? And it's Patricia Richardson from Home Improvement. Olivia calls her Mrs. Hayes. So she dramatically goes, welcome to my house. <laughs> and Olivia kind of, when she addressed her, it was almost like senile. So maybe she was supposed to be drunk it's already. Like, oh, it's Mrs. Hayes. Mrs. Hayes, this is my partner. <laughs> This is my partner, Elliot Stabler. <laughs> so Olivia lets Elliot know that this is the landlord. She lives here with her daughter, Virginia, and Richard Schiller, the victim, was renting. So Mrs. Hayes is crying and saying what a good tenant this guy was. Um, I wrote, she's a little over the top. Now I'm realizing she was supposed to be drunk. Elliot tells an officer to take her downstairs, and she's like, I'm right here. She goes, don't talk to me like I'm not right here. I am so on her side for this entire scene. I don't know why. I agree because they like to do this. They're a bunch of fucking gaslighters. She's annoying, but also she's got every right to be frustrated. It's her house. It's her house and she's supposed to be. It's like a Monday. Sailor asks Olivia where Mrs. Hayes' daughter is and Mrs. Hayes sneaks up behind them and puts her head kind of like in between them and goes, she's out. <laughs> She gets emotional and goes on to say that Richard, the victim, was a good tenant and he never missed a bill or whatever, whatever landlords send to people. Sailor asks one of the other cops, was it Big Hat? I forget. I think it's Big Hat. It's Big Hat. Sailor asks Big Hat what Richard's deal was, like what he does for work. Big Hat says that he was a travel writer. And at this point, I wrote in my notes, ugh, everyone's a writer because I think we had like three writers. Sailor moves the duct tape from Richard's mouth and pulls out a pair of red lacy underwears. Stabler nods at the underwears and says, looks like he choked on his words. No, he choked on underwear, Elliot. (laughs) (laughs) I hated this just as much as I hated it a few months ago. I was like, so dun dun. dun." The station. The gang is sitting in the middle area. Oh, Paige, five months ago, I wrote the middle area. It's the bullpen, dumb bitch. And they're talking (laughs) case details. There's a big world map on the bulletin board. And Cassie is using a pen to point at the various countries and announce them. So he's like, Vietnam, Bosnia, Peru. (laughs) This is an episode where they have those conversations where, like, they're all like, morals, 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 morals. And none of it makes sense. I know. Well, they have one right here. Oh, this is, okay, this is one of them. So Jeffrey's hands munch a book written by the victim, Richard, and it's titled Singular Adventures. And they basically comment on how it's, like, kind of an upper middle class, like, white man book fodder type shit munch says good to know that the macho hemingway ideal isn't dead in this weepy age and then jeffrey's response yeah still as toxic as ever (laughs) yeah this is when they were like munch is well read stabler says the last work trip richard went on was during the chiapa uprising i don't remember we were 10 and apparently this guy rode his motorcycle through it what a fucking dick i hate this guy he's the worst Ugh, loser Cragen says that this could mean that Richard got himself in trouble with some unsavory groups during his trips, like drug running or writing something offensive about a country, shit like that, which I feel like Richard might do. Yes. Munch says that he doesn't think so, and he reads some corny line from Richard's book, um, and it kind of is to suggest that Richard was like a pussy. So this leads to a two-second discussion about the bridges of Madison County. <laughs> that was weird. Yeah. Cragen interrupts and asks Stabler and Benson what info they have. So Benson says that Schiller has a clean record. He's been divorced for 10 years. The ex-wife runs a tea importing business, which is random. He lived at Mrs. Hayes' place for two years, uh, and he was the ideal tenant. Again, never missed a payment. So Benson says the time of death was in the evening. There was no forced entry, and the cause of death was blunt force trauma, I think, to his head. Um, which I guess is always. But blunt. Can you die of blunt force trauma? To- Would they call it 
like if like if you kicked me as hard as you could in my pussy and then I died, <laughs> is that still blunt force trauma? Oh my god! Besides the pussy part, that was a great question. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think. Well, I mean, you could do some sort of blunt force trauma where you hit an internal organ. Like, wouldn't it be blunt force trauma when that football player was hit in the chest and his heart stopped? Obviously, that wouldn't be an yes. actual crime because the guy didn't mean to. But if I hit you right now and that happened to you, I would be charged with something. I think you're right. I think blood force trauma can mean it. it's it's literally what it says. I'm like teaching myself. <laughs> no, but like you always assume because of these shows, they're always like blunt force trauma to the head. And it's they like never say blunt force trauma to anything. Else. You know what I mean? Now we're going to be watching season two, episode one, and they're going to be like, he died from blunt force trauma to the bum. And we're going to be like, God damn it. We damn just it. said that's not a thing that could happen. Just, well, we have to issue another retraction. So BNS produce a plastic bag and it has the underwear that Stabler found at Richard's mouth. Munch takes it and he like fondles it and goes, top of the line. Nice panties. So much to unpack. Uh, <laughs> Why are you fondling the panties? Why do you know? Offensive. Yeah, and offensive. You're being weird and... They all seem pretty grossed out when Munch does that. Um, <laughs> Craig, and even kind of looks at him like, he's like, people, yeah. we don't touch the evidence. <laughs> there was an, a later episode where he touches evidence without gloves on. Yes, I remember because you commented on that and I was like, oh, I didn't even notice. But yeah, what was that? I want to really... say it was the episode where he and Cassidy, it was Judge Petrello shot in the car. That sounds like Clue. Judge Petrello in the car with his dick shot off by gina silver yeah did he touch the gun anyway now now that we're going back we can notice a pattern he touches things stop touching things that's my job <laughs> craig it's like hand those objective border right now and i'm like i don't want those yeah, i don't want to touch the underwear i'm not weird and i'm staring at stabler and he's like what and i'm like i know you're up to something <laughs> he's like what do you mean i'm like eyes i'm fucking watching you on you <laughs> So they don't have any fingerprints. The duct tape came from outside the house. Benson says the crime was motivated by personal agenda. And Munch says, yeah, to embarrass the hell out of him. Oh, yeah, I forgot that Munch is like really offended by this because a man died and he was like a writer. It, a person that Munch wishes he was, a like ladies man writer, died. Well, I remember when we first recorded this, I was furious because he was so on this guy's side. And I think this is the episode directly after the poor young girl who was found dead in the alley and they all assume she's a sex worker and everyone's really disrespectful about her. Yes. And I was like, wow, you had zero respect for the victim. He was said, now it's been so long. He said some pretty rotten things about her. Yes, this was, you're right. We were upset about this because it was right after that one and then the second episode of Single Life, which was about a female writer who had a lot of sex just like this guy mm -hmm. and everyone was like wow what a whore you know and like like just being like oh my god i can't believe she wrote articles about sex for cosmo a fucking magazine about sex stabler says that mrs hayes was distraught and couldn't talk to them before so they're gonna go talk to her today follow up with her at her work craigan tells munch and cassidy to go find schiller's wife dun 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 so now we're at durst publishing which i think is a ripoff of hearst publishing mm. this is where mrs hayes works she's answering the phones and will not stop for elliot and olivia this is probably one of the most egregious examples we've seen of people not stopping their work to talk to the detectives and honestly, it gave me a little anxiety. She was like, hello, there's publishing. Hello, there's publishing. And she's starting to get all flustered. 
calls coming in like left and right. And I'm just like, but what? What would they be calling about? Like, that's a rhetorical question. But I'm like, really? What would they be calling about? Like, who's calling Random House right now? Right. To talk to them about what? Like, yeah. anyone who's got a meeting should be calling the meeting number. And also, this guy died in your house. And also, why are you at work? Yes. This guy died in your house. Weren't you just drunk an hour ago? You were drunk, yelling at the police and, like, crying. And now you're at work? It was just weird. I would have I called out. I would like, I don't give a fuck if you pay for my health insurance. A guy died in my house. Murdered. Murdered. Someone murdered a man in my house. They found underwear in his mouth. You want me to come to work today, you piece of shit? So they ask her how she's doing. And then she lets them know that Virginia, the daughter, didn't come home last night. She's very casual about this. And Benson and Stapler are like, what the fuck? She's missing? And she's like, yeah, no. She go- no, she goes, no, no. Uh, huh. And they're like, uh, do you want us to look for her? She's still answering the phone. She pulls up like a. What the fuck is that, actually? It, was is it, it her like, wallet? It was like a it was like a photo album she was using as a wallet. <laughs> she literally pulls out this like little booklet, throws it at them. And it's a picture of her daughter. Uh, yeah, and I love that Stabler, of course, because like when there's mention of a daughter, Stabler's like, "I got this. We'll find her." And yeah, she, she looks so unconcerned. She's like, "Yeah, but she's all right, like, please do." And she doesn't know what to feel. <laughs> so they ask her to go through the events from the previous night. She came home, got the mail, saw there was a bill for him, and went to give it to him. She knocked on the door, and then when he didn't answer, she opened it, Snoop, and saw his body. They ask how long she's rented the room, and it's, she's rented it for 11 years. She bought it with her ex, but now uses it to cover mortgage payments. She claims she's never seen him bring a girl home and acts slightly offended when they ask what her relationship was with him. Really? This is how I used to take notes? That's how I feel about that. Like, I, the hell? I put so much. I took notes on literally the dumbest shit. Half of what Munch said in that scene is in my notes. No wonder why I used to like get upset. So Patricia Richardson just has like all these great one-liners. She goes, he had a fantastic credit rating. And just her delivery is so hilarious. It's so funny. So to get them out of her hair, she tells them that Schiller's editor's office is two floors up so they can go see him. Oh, God. I literally took the shittiest notes back in the day. Well, I wrote, I was like, it's weird that Mrs. Hayes works at Richard's publishing house. Is that Yeah, wait a met? minute. <laughs> yeah. Like, that must be how they met, which, again, isn't a big deal, and and, and I know we can sit here and do that math, but they'll they'll point out the other, like, so much other dumb shit. I I even wrote here, it was like, classic SVU writing, they wasted time in the bullpen making jokes about bridges in Madison County and failed to mention actual details. Mm -hmm. It's true. No, my notes are a mess. So, done, done. We're in John Freeman's office. He's the editor. Richard's boss, John Freeman, well, I shouldn't say boss, he's a contractor. He says that he always expected Richard to turn up dead in a way that was, like, affiliated with his assignments. <laughs> affiliated. <laughs> his death would be affiliated, affiliated. with <laughs> But this, basically, the editor says that he always thought that Richard die, would die in this, like, really dramatic way. And he literally says, like, being blown up by a volcano or eaten by a lion. This is why I hate Schiller. <laughs> and I hate this guy, too, for just fellating him. <laughs> This is this scene is like a sixty minute filleting of rich a one Mister Richard Schiller. No, it's true. They just sit there, and maybe it's because we're living in now, and back then it would have sounded really like, oh wow. But wow. he just sounds like a mega douche. He sounds like the type of guy that you go sit down in the fight in Fi Die, 
And you're like, shit, I just want a fucking drink. I just want to have a martini and then go home. And this fucking guy sidles up to you with like a cognac and he's like, oh, nothing. And you're like, what? And what? he's like, oh, nothing. I was just finishing this last line of my book. Planning my next trip to Kuala Lumpur. So in response to this, Stabler and Benson ask if Richard had a death wish. And John replies that Richard was basically just a thrill seeker. <laughs> Such a bad. He literally says, Uncharted territory was his passion. Shut up. Can you imagine in 1999 deciding that uncharted territory is your passion? So colonizing is your passion. Mm. Writers of then were the TikTokers of now and the influencers like writing about places that didn't need to be bothered. And now everyone wants to go there. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's going to be like in Chiapa being like, I want to drive through the uprising on my motorcycle like Richard Schiller. It's going to be so cool. (laughs) It's like a TikTok video. You've got to try the Chiapa uprising. (laughs) (laughs) Stabler asks about Richard's dating life and John tells him that Richard was never interested in settling down and that he met so many different women, but few ever really turned his head. That makes me want him more. Wow, he sounds so cool. Can you imagine meeting so many different women that barely any turn your head? (laughs) John says that Richard was a heartfelt person and his relationships always ended really amicably because he was such a good person. Mm. Oh, I wish. Done, done. Now we're at Teas of the World. Yes, um, this is Schiller's ex-wife's tea place. It's not a very creative name. Schiller's ex uh, comes over to Munch and Cassidy with a tray. She's serving them tea, and she tells them the last time she'd seen Schiller was when he came home a few months ago for a special blend of tea he'd had in Morocco. And she says it like, Morocco. She's annoying, too. Spoiler alert, that Schiller married another annoying person. The long and short of it is that they broke up because he thought he wanted to settle down, but he still wanted to travel. She says this really obnoxious line about how she would catch him running his fingers over the globe, almost like... A penthouse in Braille. Um, And then in response to that, I remember Paige five months ago being annoyed. Munch says, I prefer the story of O myself, but I take your point. The story of O is about a rape victim, so I don't know why they did that. Why was this in there? (laughs) This is a whole lot of nothing. Chaos. Munch is super into this ex-wife. Nothing comes of it. Yeah, it's weird because she says something like, I knew I wasn't Richard's one great love. And Munch is like staring at him. He goes, can't imagine. Can't imagine that. So weird. So we learn basically nothing from this scene, nope. except it's more everyone gassing up Schiller. We're not buying what they're selling. Right. The only thing we learn is that he, much like what his editor said, is that people that he fucks and leaves have no hard feelings. So Munch and Cassidy leave and they're walking down the street and basically Munch laments how it's so terrible that this guy led such a cool life and he died in such a demeaning way and this is where i wrote how pissed i was that he said so many nasty things about yeah our victim from last episode so that would have been the poor college student who was called a sex worker like thirty thousand times and was just a college student trying to wear a cute outfit i know they that was so annoying they were like oh why would she be walking around in a bra top and i'm like it's a crop top you fucks yeah i know right if i had abs i wouldn't wear a top ever I literally wouldn't. I would just be, if I were here in New Hampshire, I'd be upsetting everyone walking around in a bra top. I'd be like, yeah, whatever. I have abs. I have the most outlandish digression question for you. Do you think the girls on Love Island all get their bikinis lasered? 
they must because they're there for like a, you could be there up to a month, right? Yeah, they're there for a long time. You know, you're not shaving every day. Like, no, they I wonder. That's a really good question. I if they aren't getting it lasered and I know that because everyone I know who gets lasered, they're like, I highly recommend it. But they they have been going for five years plus and they still have to go. So I'm like, it took you? a long time for kick in it takes yeah. it takes and it's expensive and painful yeah i don't really see how worth it it is because to me if you still have to go after five years it's not working if i lived in like southern california and went to the beach like monthly i would consider it but here no one's seeing my bikini line no for two months out of the year i i feel like i wonder if they have maybe they have a day where they like let them go get stuff done Maybe, because I mean, your filler would start to, well, no, not after a month, but. Maybe that's why Sydney's lips were so big. She, I did that at one point because I knew I wasn't going to be able to like go back. So that's why in 2021 in September, I, I said, go to do as most as you can. That's ethically appropriate. And they did. And it lasted a long time. I mean, your lips still look. So much. Oh, in summation, they probably do get laser, but maybe they let them wax or something or they just get spray tan to the point where like you can't tell yeah so done done back at the station after going through richard's address book cassidy munch and olivia are all on international calls they're talking to people that have worked with schiller in different countries and they're speaking different languages so cassidy is kind of speaking german munch can speak fluent russian we found and benson as we know can speak spanish and so she's speaking spanish Stabler asks her how Belize was because she was on the phone with Belize. It's not the Fresh Prince of Belize. He's like tickled by her. He's like watching her and like grinning. Jeffries walks in and tells him that the cop station at Grand Central Station caught a teenage girl shoplifting from a newsstand and her name is Virginia Hayes. Dun dun. Oh, now we get to meet Virginia Hayes. (laughs) We're at Grand Central Station. So Benson and Sailor find Virginia being detained at the newsstand. Um, so Virginia is Lynn Collins. She's yes. Lynn Collins, you are beautiful. You are so beautiful. <laughs> but I'm sorry, you do not look like a teenage girl. And so when they approach- She is 21 here. And she's supposed to be 16? I think she was a 16 or yeah. But like you shouldn't look that good at 16 right, or whatever. Right. Yeah, and she looks pleased with herself. She's kind of smirking, chomping gum. She's got like stereotypical 90s outfit like a hoodie like a a top that's too short um headphones around her neck she's cool just a cool girl her hair's in her face uh so the owner of the newsstand he's like who's gonna pay for this magazine and stabler pays over i would like give the magazine back right like just give it back i know they pay for it i would be like no just take it just take it get, get. i mean maybe she was sweaty <laughs> she's just sweating on the magazine he's like i can't take that back i can picture virginia being the type that would lick things just to piss you yeah. off like, like she's you want just it been back. sitting there for half an hour licking the magazine he's like stop it just like making eye contact and like licking it like trying to be seductive and this guy's like oh which to be fair now it sounds like she should hang out with detectives porter and agrella because i could just picture us being like this is a hilarious bit you're doing keep going <laughs> we're like you're so funny and weird virginia they called us for you because she's like licking magazines we're like this not hurting anybody this is fine that's why i can't be a cop i'd totally be like i don't know like they call me on drunk people and i'd have a sympathetic um is she drunk or are you just really fucking are you lame? just not fun she pooped on my lawn i mean wow. do, do you own this house or is the bank still owning because it's not really your lawn <laughs> benson and stabler are now walking virginia through grand central and they tell her they're svu detectives so she snorts and goes great 
You're not juvenile truant officer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've missed your <laughs> your Virginia Hayes impression. It's going to fluctuate, by the way, guys, because Virginia kind of fluctuates. Yes. Back then, I was so I have so many notes I have to ignore here about how much I hate Virginia Hayes, and I still hate her. But it's the character is so obnoxious, and you're supposed to not really like her. Yes. She's also doing that thing that every writer in the on the planet, writer or director or something, actress, they made these people do. She's Hillary Duffing and putting her like thumbs through her belt loops and like walking like with like with her <laughs> arms out. <laughs> just like cool girl it walk. It is a little display. It is. She's kind of like, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about. Just Google Hillary Duff thumbs in, you know, like thumbs or whatever. And you'll find several pictures of her on red carpets in movies. Most predominantly, Hillary Duff did this in Razor Boys. I swear to God, her thumbs were never outside of her belt loops. Her, she did have like a bird posture that entire movie. Thumbs in belt loops with her arms like just like chicken wigging. Maybe it was like spreading her diaphragm so she could sing more. Do you remember that really iconic scene where she, it's like she's like newly empowered and she does like a, a quick little solo in class and then they completely replace her voice with like another singer? <laughs> I think I might put the clip in. My God, please do. It's so I funny. I thought about this movie in over a decade the early aughts were a time a strange time to be alive so as they're walking in hillary duffing a tourist walks up to the three of them and asks where a particular train is leaving out of so olivia's like go ask information which i thought was a very appropriate reaction but then Virginia interrupts and dryly tells the guy, like, exactly what train to find. Wichita's over on the northwest side. If you go now, you'll catch the 315. <laughs> and the guy goes, thanks. And she goes, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> I kid you not. Whatever. It's so good. Katona's on the north rooster line, track 117. Downstairs, you got about five minutes. Thanks. Whatever. It's like ridiculous. Whatever. <laughs> what a flex. Like, whatever. The 315 to Great Barrington's coming soon. If you wink at the conductor, he'll give you a sweet tea. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I'm just going to talk briefly about Lynn Collins's career because I think it oh, is yeah. kind of interesting. Now that I like her again. So this is her very first role, and she will go on to be a series regular on the first season of True Blood as Dawn Green. But in 2009, she played Kayla Silverfox in X-Men Origins Wolverine, which I don't remember as a great movie and in fact kind of fucking hated it. Oh, was she the one, his girlfriend? Yeah, she's the girlfriend. Oh, yeah. She dies at the end of the movie. Oh, my God. She, again, so beautiful. Yeah, so she's in that movie. So she's kind of on the rise. Like, that was a big movie of its time. And then in 2012, she gets a starring role in Disney's John Carter alongside leading man Taylor Kitsch. This movie bombs so hard at the box office. I think it took her career down with it because that was supposed to be a huge movie. They were going to do sequels. It was going to be a whole series. And I believe it cost Disney financially. I remember when I was doing the research for this episode, I think I read that her publicist or maybe the publicist for the movie told her to lay low based on how poorly the movie was doing, which isn't her fault. It's not her fault. Because she was had the starring role in such a big movie, I think she was probably poised to be kind of a big movie star. I mean, she's gorgeous. So she's it makes beautiful sense. Yeah. and she's a good actress and nothing really ever happened for her after that. Until in the last three to four years, she got that recurring role on The Walking Dead during the final season, and she was in Manhunt Unabomber. 
So I think things are finally turning around for her, but I truly believe she probably would have been somewhat of a household name now if she had gotten into a better movie than John Carter. Did you see John Carter? No, no one saw John Carter. That's, that's the problem. I'm trying to think of a movie that was so offensively bad that I was mad at the actors, but I mean, I've gotten mad at movies that are really good that just went on for too long. Like, I got mad at Whiplash. I was like, I wanted to write a strongly worded letter. I wanted to be like, listen, that movie was really good, but it fucking stressed me the fuck out. I think we need to do away with two and a half, three hour movies. I agree. I'll do away with them completely, but now everyone wants to make a three hour movie. Guess what, bitches? I'm not seeing fucking Oppenheimer. I don't care. Oh, I will not be seeing Oppenheimer. I do Oppenheimer. not care. Well, yeah, justice for, justice for Lynn Collins, because I was so mad at her at first when we saw this, but now I appreciate it because I'm like, she does a really good job making this girl insufferable. Oh, yeah. It was distracting at first because I'm like, no one acts like this, but I'm like, well, someone's got to. It's true. Yeah. Done, done. So we're outside of the Hayes residence. The ground cops are still everywhere. Um, it must be the same day. No, it's the same day. That's what. I don't know why I thought it was the day after. It is the longest day of either of our lives. It's literally the longest day. <laughs> so Virginia gets out of BNS's car and Patricia Richardson runs over to greet them. But she's like, you know, crying. And she's going, it's Shilly. Shilly died. And she tries to hug Virginia. <laughs> Virginia pushes her mother away violently violently and suddenly and goes you bitch you couldn't keep your hands off him could you and then olivia has to restrain her and patricia richardson actually looks confused like literally confused (laughs) she's kind of like (laughs) mrs hayes i'm sorry everyone looks so confused everyone's kind of like what why did you go to work if you were just gonna be there for an hour to answer phones and like come home to be like oh dun 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 so station interrogation room so they have virginia in here uh in the nice interrogation room even though she just tried to, like, murder her mother on a public street, she's now kind of, like, flowy and weird. Like, she's got sort of a childish energy about her. Like, she's yes. kind of, like, cooing at them, making corny little lines and stuff. Um, I'm only saying that because I don't want to have to, like, <laughs> recount everything. She she goes in between sounding like Lorenzo Llama and Boxy. Like, she'll kind of be, like, say, like, ooh, ooh. It's, yeah, it's chaotic. Yeah. It's pure chaos. The opening line, the only thing my mother was ever faithful to was the bottle. The only thing my mother was ever faithful to was the bottle. Which, so is she saying that Patricia Richardson cheated on her father? Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry, this never comes up again. No, it never comes up again. Yeah, because she's like, Patricia Richardson was like, oh, yeah, we got divorced. No big deal. But that sounds like it might have been for a reason. Well, well, no, because she claims her mother drove away her father in a drunken rage. But then they're like, oh, and she's like, oh, but I haven't seen him in 10 years. Yeah, that was annoying. And she goes, drove daddy away in a drunken rage. Didn't even have time to say goodbye. I'm supposed to visit him every other weekend. It's been his weekend for 10 years. I know. I'm kind of like, OK, so I know Patricia Richardson sucks as a mom, but. Your dad kind of sounds like an asshole. Yeah, your dad's a dick. So Benson asks where Virginia was on Monday night when Richard was killed, and she says that she went swimming, but on her way back, she got on the wrong train, so just decided to ride around for a while. (sighs) And Stabler asks why she would do something like that, and she leans in, and she goes, The adventure begins with you. The adventure begins with you. And I wish I was exaggerating. I mean, I'm a little bit. No, no, but that is what she says. Stabler goes, Is that a line from one of Schiller's books? And she smiles like, 
And they're like, Christ. Olivia's so upset. Olivia, like, hates this whole thing. Oh, yeah. So Benson asks if Richard ever brought any women home, and Virginia says, no. The only thing Richard ever brought home was a suitcase that was smaller and fit in an overhead bin. Stop so this trauma is dump. from the era where they had um they had witnesses or suspects who spoke only in exposition. Yes. <laughs> Remember, we haven't had these in a while, the storytellers. Yes. Like from Stocks and Bondage when they were like, All right, so how long have you worked here? Ten years. Ten years ago he found me in a bar dancing. I was covered in paint. And they were like, <laughs> We didn't fucking ask. Oh, well, the most egregious, they ask they asked Virginia if her mother was in a relationship or wanted a relationship with Schiller. And she goes, little R relationship or capital R relationship? So they had a relationship. Do you mean capital R relationship or little R relationship? The one that involves sex. Capital R relationship. It's so weird because she's been talking kind of like this. And then all of a sudden she does that. And they're like, so yeah, did they ever have sex? I think she even said, I think Olivia goes, did they ever have sex? And she goes, no. But she was eager to provide him with all modern conveniences. What does that mean if they're not having sex? Right? Like, what are you what are talking about? <laughs> what are modern conveniences? A, a Wi-Fi? Yeah. I, it's 2000. I know you're not giving him Wi-Fi. Dial up? They show her the underwear that was found in Chili's mouth. And Virginia says, mommies. She always wore the good stuff when she was trying to get lucky. Mommies. She always wore the good stuff when she wanted to get lucky. Virginia, that's what everyone does when they're trying to get lucky. Yeah. I'm not wearing my shitty shit <laughs> when I'm trying to get lucky. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Elliot and Olivia walk Virginia out and introduce her to the precinct. Cassidy Balsley wanders up and is like, hey, Ginny. And she unprompted goes, it's Virginia, right in his face. Hiya, Ginny. Virginia. She is so explosive. Like, she's terrifying. Virginia! <laughs> the way Lynn Collins can throw her voice is actually phenomenal because she goes from sounding like this to mm-hmm. sounding like this to sounding like this to it's Virginia! <laughs> <laughs> and he has like no reaction. Like this 16 year old just screamed in his face and he's like, oh, oops. Everyone kind of lets her do what they want until Olivia's had about enough at the end. But like literally everyone just kind of like, she almost like beat the shit out of her mom. She screams at the cops. They're She's like, what? Flirting with Stabler. Like, so Olivia tells Munch and Cassidy that they're going to drive Virginia home. And she's like, can I drive? And Munch says, sure, since you're probably about as old as my partner, I don't see why not. She's like, cool. Which I'm like, uh, Brian Cassidy's like 13 years older than. Yeah, Brian Cassidy's he's in like, his 30s. He's in his 30s. Also, like, what's going to happen when she gets out to the car and her dumbass expects to drive and you actually you don't Munch is like, her. no, you can't actually fucking do that. Munch. Oh, they've had seven tenants in the past five years, and only one of them still lives in Manhattan. So, dun dun, the record store. <laughs> I have so many notes on this. It's so unnecessary. Okay, basically all that happens here is they find this fucking weird nerd guy who lived at the Hazes for, like, a period of time, like, like 10 months or some shit like that. Um, And he said he loved the apartment in the neighborhood, but that Mrs. Hayes was basically horrible. And she would flirt with him constantly, do weird things that were just, like, invasive like bring him his mail oh without asking bring him cookies even though he hates cookies like knock on his door for no reason <laughs> just like creepy shit that if she were a man so this guy is not wrong but he's so unlikable he's like oh it's like when you try to stay at a b&b and they're just trying to give you cookies and they want to speak to you i'd rather just stay in a hotel and olivia and elliot are like 
wow, we really didn't ask. They kind of, they're like, so not mean to him, but they like smile at each other like from this fucking gay. And I'm like, oh, no, but it's true. Like he's, oh, one time, because they were like, you know, did you ever tell Mrs. Hayes to stop? Like, what what would happen if you did? And he said he just basically didn't feel comfortable because she was so aggro. But he did one time bring a female friend over to pretend it was, like, his girlfriend so that maybe Mrs. Hayes would stop trying to fuck him. And Mrs. Hayes lost it, kicked the girl out, and then brought him the lease and literally read it to him about how he had to ask permission before he had, like, overnight guests. So he ended up leaving because <laughs> this whole thing was a mess. Nice try, buddy. Now we know we're genetically virginia gets this ridiculous like <laughs> viewpoint view of life yeah just like oh everyone wants to fuck me it's like no no leave people alone leave people alone dun dun so we are back at the hayes residence and benson and stabler are speaking with mrs hayes who is holding a suspicious glass of liquid she's been she's been <laughs> she's day been drinking hit, she's been hitting the bottle so they ask her if she knows how shilly died and she's like, I know his mouth was taped shut. And I know he looked like he was ready to hit a home run. <laughs> so true. It's literally just. And she couldn't be wearing a more drunk bad mom outfit. Like she's in like. She's dressed like Mrs. Hannigan from Annie. Yes, she is. So their house is really nice considering how she's supposed to be this drunk layabout. She has fresh flowers on the table. It's. I mean, Huge it's kitchen. a little. I mean, they got some kind of tacky knickknacks, but it's reasonably. I mean, they've so- shown us some real shitholes, and this is not a shithole. This is not a shithole. I know. Yeah, they have now. The one thing that Detective Page hates is, of course, it's like a giant. They like painted the fireplace blue with clouds or something. It was like a giant blue fireplace, yeah. and I was like, "But why? Why would a fireplace be that big? And why would it be blue?" So they ask her if she touched the body and she drunkenly is like, yeah, I went right up and I asked it for next month's rent. No, I didn't touch the body. I like how you have your Virginia Hayes and I'm over here doing Mrs. Hayes. Well, that's we should do a two woman show. We should. OK, I'll be Virginia from now on and you can handle the I'll be Mrs. Hayes. Sure. <laughs> she died. I do love Virginia's mad voice. You bitch. You bitch. <laughs> you could keep your hands off him, could you? Well, t- she like turns more into her mother when she's screaming. But for the- she like tries to pretend she's not. <laughs> it's so true. It's like she's. And then when she's around like other people, she's like, ooh, ooh, capital R, lowercase r. It's Virginia. They say something to her in between. And she kind of like makes another crack. Olivia goes, let's get back to the underpants. Let's get back to the underpants. So they ask her about the underwear, and Olivia's like, your underwear didn't just magically end up in the tenant's throat. And <laughs> Mrs. Hayes goes, maybe they crawled down. Mrs. Hayes, they didn't just magically appear in the back of your tenant's throat. Maybe they crawled down. She yeah. is on one. She is on one. Also, Detective Porter noted that there are pills on the counter, kind of tying back to, or tying forward to, when they're trying to portray to us how awful uh wilson germain heredia's mom is there's like booze and pills what more do we need to say so they ask mrs hayes if she was into schiller and she's like well maybe i used to be into him but she has a boyfriend now i wrote boyfriend oh yeah i remember i kept saying boyfriend <laughs> i'm like oh what a callback it's her boyfriend her boyfriend her boyfriend mrs hayes says she has a boyfriend at least 
She thinks she does. <laughs> His name is Thomas Dayton. He works at a department store. They met for drinks the night before and got into a huge fight about chili. Oh, yeah. So, uh, of course. No, I uh, maybe one time I wanted to fuck chili, but not recently. But we did get into a fight about how I wanted to fuck chili the other night. Well, dun dun. Dun dun. Julian's Bistro. We tried to find this place and it doesn't exist. We did walk by the spot, though. BNS are questioning the waitress who served Mrs. Hayes and Tom Dayton the night before. She says that Tom's a regular and a really nice guy. But last night, she says it's weird. She goes, but last night he brought a date. And they apparently got into a fight over her tip and it evolved into their, they were started fighting about their relationship. They're like, what was the fight about? And she goes, my tip. He wanted to leave less. She wanted to leave more. And I'm like, wow, that's weird that you thought he was a nice guy. Because she was, she was like, oh, he was so nice. And then he brought a date, like sounding like she was the problem. But right. It's like, she wanted him to tip more. So then Tom's Dayton left. He like got up and left. And um, Mrs. Hayes just sat there and kind of like sipped on her Manhattans or whatever. And then this girl goes, I told her she was better off without him. I think women are usually better left to their mechanical devices. And then she looks at like Stabler. She goes, if you know what I mean. I think I said that right. <laughs> and Olivia's just like, okay. And she's saying all this in front of the customers. Like she's delivering like waters and like going, like I, if I were one of the customers, I'd be like, oh, can you come back real quick and tell me what's going on? Yeah, like why are these cops here? And this actress is Lisa Lapira from Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. She's in a lot of shit. She is. If you, I, I will plug that show at any given moment. It's Watch so that show. It's so funny. Wait, why did I write this? Oh, oh, because I thought that the line I wrote at the end of the scene, I fucking can't with this episode, but it was only because of that mechanical device. That was so weird. That was weird. Dot, dot. I, I was a dot, dot. Dot, dot, dun, dun. Outside Tom Dayton's apartment. BNS find Tom in his car and he immediately knows that they're there about Shilly. He's like, are you here about Schiller? I guess she would have called him and been like, Shilly's dead. I, I'm sure she did. He was Why would he? like, oh my God. <laughs> Um, Tom is kind of hot. Yes. He's hot, Tom. His eyes looked even bluer this time. I mean, this is my fourth watch at this point. And I was like, his eyes are the color of the sky. It's the color of the sky. He has beautiful eyes. I, I had high hopes for Tom. Did I care to write down the actor's name? No. No, he's just hot. So mind your own business. Yeah. You can look it up if you really care. I bet you don't. They ask him how long that he and Mrs. Hayes have been dating, and he says six months, and he mentions that she's very serious. I mean, in her defense, though, he's kind of doing that thing where he's like, well, she's really serious. It's like, well, she's, she's on the wrong side of, like, 80. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but she's, she's got an almost grown adult. Well, she's got an almost adult daughter. She's been divorced. Like, yeah, yeah she's serious. Four, probably late 40s. Yeah. like She's I mean, not trying to mess around. No. And you're not, you're not a spring chicken either, Tom. So you shouldn't yeah. be like, oh, God, she's trying to settle down. He says that it's hard loving someone who wanted more out of life. <laughs> Damn. I think part of the reason. <laughs> That's so mean. In addition to the fact that I like Patricia, oh my God, now I want to call her Patricia Heaton. But like, besides the fact that I like Patricia Richardson, and that's kind of transferring over to how I feel about her character, everyone's so mean about her character that it makes me root for her, even though she is a trash person. No, I agree. Like, they're really nasty about her alcoholism. Like, I get it. It is unsavory to be. Oh, I said this to Brittany in a voice memo last week, actually. It's probably the only thing you're allowed to be, like, super mean to people about still. It's true. I guess I'm I'm just team Mrs. Hayes. Liv asks if Tom thought Mrs. Hayes and Shelley were having an affair, and he says he's not sure. But Mrs. Hayes would just always talk about Shelley, and um, apparently the night they fought, 
they fought because she wouldn't shut up about the fact that Shilly was leaving on another assignment. <laughs> so I like how she's like, oh, no, I don't want to fuck him at all. <laughs> she at all. Cried when he died. <laughs> I mean, I would have cried too. Like, cried when he died. Has a nickname for him. Opens his mail. <laughs> and then brings him up at dinner with her boyfriend. <laughs> uh, so then Tom went home after the fight. Benson and Stabler walk away and they're like, oh, maybe Tom killed Shilly because he was jealous. Dun, dun. Dun, dun. Uh, we're at Cassidy Stabler, and it's just <sighs> chaos, as always. Honestly, sometimes I forget it's just four kids and not seven, the way that they, people are just, like, busting around. and It is so funny you say that, because this scene in particular, upon rewatching, I was like, why does it seem like more so many four, more people? More children. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to, like, some type of, like, it's a family dinner. I thought- yes. This was weird because it, they're all very dressed up. They're really dressed up. Like like Maureen looks like she's going to homecoming, which she doesn't do in this scene, but does later. Um, she's putting on all types of makeup. Yeah. So they're like they're in the family bathroom. Stabler's sitting there. I think I love how we're like, he doesn't even know Elizabeth exists and he's doing Elizabeth's hair. But I don't. But the thing is, like, I noticed again, Elizabeth is like all over him. Like she's constantly touching him. Well, she and never gets a storyline. That's what I think. I think that Elizabeth is just like literally desperate for her father. She Because already, of course, so yeah, they're in the bathroom getting ready. Kathleen walks in and hands him the phone. She's like, Dad, someone's on the phone for you. So, of course, because that's what happens in these early episodes. Taylor is just on the phone all the time. So this is so mean. <laughs> And I'm, but I'm going to say it. Kathleen, on her limited screen time, comes across as such a sad sack. She really she's does. She's always just like, oh, my friend's pregnant. Oh, Dan, here's the... She's always... Hey, yeah. Like, <laughs> she's always coming in and being kind of weird and leaving. <laughs> no wonder he got a favor this morning. He's like, he's like, you're the only one I can talk to. He says that, you know, he talks to whoever on the phone. He's like, oh, I got to go to work. I'll meet you guys for dessert. And so Maureen's like mad about this. She goes, yeah, sounds familiar. Why do you care that your dad's going to dinner? Yeah. I like never gave a shit if my dad. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel bad saying this. But yeah, so she's all salty. And Kathy, I feel like Kathy likes that Maureen's digging into him so she can be like, come on, guys, you know the drill. I could be totally putting that on her. But that's what I that's what I suspect. I think you are so mm-hmm right with that actually, actually you know what i'm gonna double down on that because then all the kids go through this whole rigmarole where they go by and kiss stabler until he goes in for a kiss with his girlfriend maureen and she goes not on the lips and she stalks off this i had an inkling earlier mm. in the day <laughs> i'm not sure what it was but i had an inkling it's like flashes back to me watching him i'm just like something's up so i'm standing in the tree outside with your binoculars yeah in my bag of my my tin of pringles just (laughs) in watching and i'm appalled because then i think i'm like yeah no of course you wouldn't why would anyone kiss their father on the mouth so stabler in response to that looks at kathy and goes when did that happen and kathy goes while you were at work at the sex crimes unit yes I'm picturing Detective Page and there are Pringle crumbs on her shirt and you go, that's fucking disgusting. <laughs> the neighborhood watch guy's like, Detective Bacrella, I thought I told you. I'm like, get away from me, Hal. NYPD, Hal. I outrank you, Hal. You want me to continue to forgive those parking tickets? Then shut up. Do not fuck with me, Hal. Poor Hal, the neighbor. <laughs> Hal shuffles away. Hal's like, like, oh, God. Sorry. But yeah, um, I think it's so weird when parents kiss their kids on the mouth. When they're babies, 
Yeah, I just said that. And I was like, no, I don't like that either. Um, but I think my grandma always liked to kiss on the mouth. And it just never struck me as weird. She's deceased now. So yeah. It's like if we like we're saying goodbye, it just. But. Po- like post my 20s, the only person I kiss on the mouth is. Oh my God, this makes me sound so old. My husband. <laughs> it does. I know what you know. It's, it's so funny. because I know what you mean. Like, obviously, you're not going to kiss literally anyone. Oh, Lucy. Oh, Lucy. I kiss many dogs on the mouth. Oh, and dogs like want to kiss you on the mouth. One of our and dogs. I want to kiss them on the mouth. It's pretty. It's pretty back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Detective Natalia. Detective Natalia is our bestiality check. She's like Brittany. <laughs> like what? I've just been out here kissing the dogs. I don't want their tongue in my mouth. But I want to kiss them. <laughs> Lucy, come over here. That's kind of. I guess that would be the argument for these people who do that with their parents like they're like no like you just give a quick kiss on the lips you don't like put their tongue in their mouth i'm like but you're like this close to doing it to be fair i guess i don't kiss dogs on the mouth i kiss them on the nose and then they kiss me on my mouth yeah yeah i don't kiss her i mean look no she doesn't doesn't. have a lot of lips (laughs) (laughs) like you're you're like no it's like i i mean i would but she has no lips so like that's why i can't (laughs) dun dun Oh, yeah, this is what Benson, so we enter in on Benson. Wait, that was the end of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm very excited for the following scene. We enter in on Benson staring at her monitor, and she just goes, he's dead. So is that what she called Stabler for? Oh, yeah. Well, that was him, right? That was her, right? Calling him? Must be. Yeah, because he left. Oh, what if this is the next day? Like, where was he going? Like the next day. Was she just calling him? That would be me. I would totally call the ruin, like, family time. <laughs> Elliot told me they're going to a fancy dinner tonight. Do 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 do. Not anymore. Oh no! I found oh, something Elliot. out. And because this is 1999, the phone. I need you to come here. She literally found it out like six hours ago, but she was like looking at her watch. She's like, "Oh, this is right about the time they were going to leave." So Stabler walks over and he peers at the screen, and they're talking about Tom Dayton actually. Um, and apparently he has deceased. He has deceased. Leaving it in. He died. He has deceased in 1987. Uh, so then they're like, well, does he have any brothers? So they run, they like, the Tom brother Dayton's check. brothers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Google's Tom Dayton's brothers. Um, they find that he did have an older brother named Scott Dayton. So they see the picture of Scott Dayton, conveniently placed in a sex offender registry list. And it actually is Tom Dayton. Hot Tom. Hot Tom Scott. Now to be known as Hot Tom Scott. Yes. <laughs> so um, Tom is actually Scott. Tom Scott. Hot Tom Scott. Uh, apparently abused a teenager in 1990 and he went to jail for a couple years then when he got out um he went to jail in seattle not that it matters when he got out moved to new york started working at um in the juniors in department the juniors department mm. so okay so they conclude that maybe it was tom was using mrs hayes to get to virginia's dun 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 so we are at the department store where Hot Tom Scott works, and he is fitting a teenage girl for a dress, and uh, he's immediately making us all very uncomfortable because he's mm. kind of gripping her waist and being like, see if you take it in there. Benson and Stabler approach, and they think they're hilarious. They're like, <laughs> we're looking for a Scott Dayton. Anyone see it? And what <laughs> follows is a madcap adventure. Hot Tom Scott takes a rack of clothing and just whips it at, at Benson and Stabler. It takes Elliot out. Benson's <laughs> like, are you okay? And he's like, go, go. So she starts chasing him. He 
he pushes the full body checks this woman out of the way. She flies off screen screaming. <laughs> it was the most physical scene to date. It's all for naught because Olivia takes him down in like two seconds and they're like, we got you. And he goes, oh, she's trying to do my job. Sir, so why did you run? <laughs> and I love the way he threw. He literally zigged off screen. Like he kind of left off screen and then comes back into view, shoving a giant rack of clothes into Stabler after Stabler made that joke. It was so funny. Dun, oh. dun. Dun dun, yeah. So we're in the mean interrogation room. They go back and forth with Hot Tom Scott about his job. You're a sex offender, but you work in juniors. And he tries to be like, I work hard to make sure awkward looking girls look beautiful. So Stabler goes back to school, probably your favorite time of the year. All those poodle skirts. What year is it? What year? Poodle poodle skirts? It is the year 1999. No one... No one's worn poodle skirts in 30 years. It's like a stupid joke. How does he know what a poodle skirt is? Yeah, where are you mentally? You want kissing your daughter on the mouth, talking about poodle skirts. Weirdo, sorry. Listen, get back into this decade, sir. He said that it's hard for sex offenders to get a clean slate in this frigid country. And I'm like, okay. You assaulted a teenager. So essentially what this boils down to is they're accusing him of using Mrs. Hayes, his relationship with Mr. Mrs. Hayes, to get to Virginia, because obviously he has a proclivity for that. And he's saying, no, no, um, when I met, I forget Mrs. Hayes, but when I met Patricia Richardson, I wanted, I was like, wanted to start a new life. Um, we have a normal relationship, normal sex life. And then Elliot's being like, yeah, because you were thinking about her daughter the whole time. Tom Scott goes, I'll never touch Ginny. And Stable yells, Virginia! He's escalating this entire scene. Yeah, it's ridiculous. They're like digging at him, and um, he tells them that, even if he had wanted to touch Virginia, he would never have gotten the chance to because she and Mrs. Hayes were obsessed with Shilly. And he tells them a story about how one night he was having dinner with the three of them. And it was basically just a mess because Mrs. Hayes and Virginia were just flirting with fucking Shilly the whole time. And I can picture it. It's such a visual. I feel like I was at that dinner. More corn, Shilly? Did they serve corn? And what country were you in, Shilly? How did you pronounce that, Shilly? Stabler just starts like yelling in hot Tom Scott's face and Olivia finally has to tell him to chill out. So they cut to the squad and they're all together and Olivia basically tells Elliot sometimes enough is enough. And he's like, it's never enough. Yeah, he goes, no, it's not. It's never enough. And I'm like, you were telling her in episode one that she was being crazy for going to talk to a rape. Yeah, a rape victim. Yeah. So Cassie says, hey, it seems like he pulled his life together. He got a regular job. And Munch rightly points out it was in the juniors department. And Cassidy's like, it's hard to change careers. Well, you're about to find out. I know. A few episodes. Sometimes it's not, Cassidy. Okay, I literally wrote, Benson moves to stand next to Craig and says to him that they don't, they, they still don't have any hard evidence that Hot Tom Scott even did this. So Elliot starts screaming. And Craig and Olivia are like, <laughs> they look so tired. They're like, oh my God. Um, like they want to actually tranquilize Stabler. Why do you think he tried to shift blame onto Shiller? He blames Shiller for everything he's feeling. So then Cragen, because he hates it when anyone else is yelling, goes, you know what? I'm getting a headache. <laughs> um, and then he starts yelling at Olivia. Because <laughs> um, Olivia says that she believes Hot Top Scott. And Cragen goes, why? Because pedophiles are so honest. I'm like, God. Everyone's just yelling. Everyone is screaming. But that. So then that makes Elliot smirk. He's like smirking like, yeah, pedophiles aren't honest. It's like, 
but two people can be pedophiles. I like how he's acting like one person can be a pedophile. He's like, nope, we already found one. I know. Mm. That's it. So everyone calms down. Oh, no, uh, just Craig and everyone calms down and Craig and tells him to go ask Virginia about what Hot Tom Scott said. Dun dime. So we head to a swimming pool and they find Olivia, I guess, doing laps and they pull her aside to talk. So she tells them that whenever Hot Tom Scott, wow, it sounds really bad to say that in this sentence, but guys, stay tuned. It's fine that I'm saying this. Yeah, he's not a real mm. bad person. Whenever he, I mean, he was before, but he's not now. Yeah, but this is what I mean is Hot Tom Scott's not real. Whoever no. played Hot Tom Scott is real. Exactly. Yeah. So whenever he would stay over, he would come into her room late at night after her mom had passed out or fallen asleep, whichever came first. Still got to get digs in at her mom. I'm sorry. You're old enough where your mom can get. Okay, no, I'm (laughs) that's not true. So she starts crying and admits he forced her to have sex with him. Um, She says that Richard heard her ask Tom Scott to stop one night. He came in, shoved him off of her and then told Tom Scott that he'd kill him if he ever did it again. So Olivia is like, OK, so you did come home that night. Virginia says yes. And she immediately knew that Tom Scott must have killed Shelly. So she ran to the train station and stayed up all night watching the sign with the arrivals and departures. Imagining running away. Stabler's like, well, why didn't you? And she's like, well, I didn't have any place to go. So Olivia, this whole time, isn't really buying. Her, her face is so like. Like Virginia's crying and Olivia's like, do you borrow your mom's clothes? And ugh. Detective Page has arrived. Virginia goes, mm, I love, what does she say? She's like, only your underwear. I know she hates it when I do, but I don't know. Bites her lip and giggles. Kind of feels nice. So Virginia says she hid the underwear in the hamper after her shower. She went to go say hi to Schiller, and that's when she found the body. So Olivia asks what position the body was in when she found him, and she starts crying and doesn't answer. And Olivia's got this look on her face like, Hmm. It is kind of good because she like looks at her. She she's like, "What position was the body?" And then Virginia kind of looks at her, pauses, and goes, ah! "And Olivia's like, oh, she's like, I shower so much, but I just don't feel clean." <laughs> and Stabler's like, "God, God, you want to kiss on the lips and feel better?" It always makes Maureen feel better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Such a weird thing to put in the script when we're talking about a woman who is clear father issues you know they're like oh like dads do dun 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 bullpen it's an ada oh i said the ada from last episode um was it lisa tharps yes this is lisa tharps so ada lisa tharps is there to collect evidence against tom scott they're kind of arguing um cragen says that they never found a weapon and stabler says that tom scott probably had time to get rid of it benson says to the group why didn't virginia tell us up front that she wore those underwear she is furiously ripping shreds of paper in the corner oh yeah she i forgot this is what she's just mad ripping paper that's awesome they're like talking at the top of the scene just going back and forth and she is just not saying anything just kind of like just ripping paper because she the base of it is because they're doing like dialogue dialogue the base of it is that she does not trust virginia she thinks something's up with virginia she doesn't think tom scott did this um but all the men are like no there's just no way like tom scott probably did this and killed Shilly because he tried to defend Virginia's honor, even though we have clear, <laughs> definitive evidence that this girl wanted to fuck him. There, you know, she's like, guys, look at this from different angles. Like, every scenario has different interpretations. And she suggests that maybe it was Virginia who was fleeing the scene of the crime versus Hot Tom Scott. Um, Craig, it's like, she was scared. And Benson retorts, and OJ Simpson was taking an afternoon drive. Same scenario, different interpretation. 
I don't like when she talks in this tone of voice. Lisa Tharp interjects. Sorry, guys, I have a lisp so sometimes. She's basically like, hey, what the fuck is going on here? Like, do you guys know what? What am I trying in a court of law? Um, so then just then Monique walks in, obviously, with like very important information. And she says that Schiller had sex right before he was killed because the Emmy found secretions on him. And then Benson goes, what about the underwear? And Jeffrey goes, a match. So Stabler looks sad and says he raped her. And Liv says there's another possibility Virginia was aroused. Which is still statutory rape, which is why I'm saying I don't 100% agree with Olivia. Right. She's just going too hard down that lane. I'm like, maybe she was aroused, but she's 16 and he's 40-something. Done, done. So we're back at the Hayes residence and Patricia Richardson arrives at the door to tell them there is no way in hell, them being Benson and Stabler, that they can talk to Virginia. Fine! That's what Olivia said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So basically, she's pissed thinking that they put all the ideas about Hot Tom Scott in her head, which I mean, she did fucking make up. And like Paige said, Olivia does go, fine, we'll see you tomorrow then. And basically tells them to come to the station with a lawyer. Virginia does come sauntering in with her fingers in her belt loops, though. And Olivia goes, does killing a man make you feel all grown up? She's still 16, bitch. I don't know. And they kind of, neither of them know what to say to that. They're just like. So Patricia Richardson just shuts the door. Dun, dun. We're at the Stabler house. I said, we are assaulted when they cut to Kathy and Elliot making out on the couch. They're literally making out. And it's, I don't know what time it is, but the lights are all still on. I'm like, anyone could just walk in here and the lights off. But mid kiss, Stabler pulls away from his wife, Kathy. Elliot pulls away and goes, Maureen has a boyfriend. And Kathy just kind of. Satis- looking all satisfied goes <laughs> one that she kisses on the lips so Kathy starts to tell Elliot about the boyfriend and I don't know if Maureen is dating him or if Kathy is because she's like he's six foot with a voice to match a junior some sort of football position second I don't string care. whatever the fuck and then Stabler asks if Maureen has had sex yet and Kathy finally is appropriate and goes god I hope not and then he goes, so then I think they try to kiss again. I forget. But like, or they might just be done at this point. But then he kind of pauses and goes, how will we know? And Kathy smirks and goes, if we'll know. Bad parents. You're bad parents. There's so much bad parenting here. Like, like, why are you? So she wouldn't kiss you on the lips. And now I know it's like because of the Virginia thing, too. It's like she wouldn't kiss you on the lips. And now you're worried that she's kissing other people on the lips. This is not me coming. This is just weird writing at this point. It's like, why are they? Why did they introduce that storyline? And I think for a lot of people, it is around that age where if you do come from a kissing on the lips family, you kind of stop because then you are kissing boys on the lips. And then you're like, oh, it's kind of weird when I do it with my dad, because then I'm thinking it. that's kind of. No, it's weird. Maureen's being super normal. I agree. And you guys know we never side with Maureen Stabler. No, I think we I think back then we even said justice for Maureen. That's I know. Weird. No, I agree. Shit. Um, you you bet your ass if my dad was demanding lip kisses, I would be Colin Benson, not Elliot, because Elliot would be like, kiss your father. That would be a really interesting storyline. I guess not anymore, but like at the t- <laughs> at the time. Like, what if that was a thing where like a daughter like called SVU were like walked in and was like I just want to report like my dad I don't know we like 
when I was little, he would kiss me on the lips and stuff. But like, ah, it's just kind of weird now. I just don't want to anymore. And like, he gets mad. He like wants to kiss me on the lips. I wonder if someone would stay there saying that. Stay would be like, uh, 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 okay. Maybe your dad's just trying to show he loves you. She's like, yeah, no, that's what I'm worried about. <laughs> that's why I'm here. <laughs> and Elliot's just like trying to like not engage with this person. She's like, no, I'm really concerned. Can you talk to me? I thought you were a professional. He's like, um, well, mm. He probably is a good reason. She's like a good reason, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I don't, I don't. He probably has a good reason. <laughs> I kicked the thing, so I'm just going to listen to this real quick. Oh, my God. Now I'm in love with the idea of us just coming up with all these bonus clips <laughs> where someone reports something to Elliot, and he's just like, Ugh. So, <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, done, done. Uh, so we're back at the precinct, and now they're just having a debate on the appropriateness of a relationship of a teenager and an adult because women mature faster. And I'm just here to say, no. No, I know. It's, I don't know why they do this, because they're, they have Jeffries going, hey, Munch, she's a child. And Munch responds, the appeal goes far beyond a midlife crisis, the way a halter top shows off a flat stomach, and then Cassidy co-signs, and it's like, let's face it. Girls mature faster than boys. Yeah, that's why, I don't know, a, like a 16-year-old girl might date an 18-year-old guy. Not a 16-year-old girl dating a 41-year-old guy. Because why are you trying to make sex crimes cops kind of like... Also, it's still, it's illegal. It's illegal. I don't give a fuck. And it's so funny because, I don't know, more than 10 episodes down the line, we're going to get into chat room with the pedophile older boyfriend and stable and stabler did not really seem to think that was a big deal he talked to the guy right no you're right it was uh, hot keith actually hot keith hot keith yeah no he the same shit yeah remember how pissed we were he was like oh keith like maybe you should wait ha 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 someone gets a call i think it's benson i think it's stabler oh stabler they get a call and it's that virginia is now in the hospital due to a suicide attempt dun 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 the doctor is telling Benson and Stabler who show up that Virginia only cut one of her wrists and didn't lose hardly any blood. And so Olivia says that it sounds like it was, wasn't meant to be a serious attempt. And of course, Stabler disagrees. Mrs. Hayes storms in and screams at Olivia <laughs> and tries to physically attack her much like her daughter did. Um, she says that Olivia caused her to lose the most important thing in her life. And Olivia goes, Mrs. Hayes, Virginia's going to be fine. I meant Thomas. But um, the way I cackled. It was like a laugh track moment. I know. And then she, again, she tries to attack Olivia. Which I'm like, Stabler was there too this whole time. I know. The only thing Olivia did that Stabler didn't do is say that stupid line about, did killing somebody make you feel like a grown up? It is literally the only out of pocket thing Olivia's done that Mrs. Hayes has seen. She's been a little out of pocket. Right. That was actually right. That was a very that was a moment of unprofessionalism. I, I didn't even occur to me. I was like, you know, that was kind of just a tiny bit. I mean, <laughs> to these two women, it's kind of like whatever. Dun, 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 dun. Cragen's office. So Lisa Tharps tells them that Mrs. Hayes is now threatening to sue to the department for lost wages and hospital bills. <laughs> They're investigating a murder. They're investigating a murder. And like I said, the only out of pocket thing Olivia did was make that one comment. It's not like she harangued Virginia into this attempt. 
So Stabler says that Mrs. Hayes is an alcoholic. So, you know, obviously can't believe one fucking word she says. Big fucking drunk liar. Pedophiles and alcoholics, you can't trust them. Can't trust any of them. Lisa Tharps asks if Shilly and Ginny were sleeping together. I wrote Ginny because I hated her at the Mm. time. So I'm like, Ginny, not Virginia. Um, Stabler says no and Benson says yes. (laughs) I think they say it at the same time. They're like, yes, no. Stabler thinks this is ridiculous uh, and that Virginia was overwhelmed and traumatized. Benson says, or she was cornered. So then Cragen sends Lisa Tharps away because everyone's getting mad again. This is really, everyone's just mad in every scene in this episode. Basically sends her away. He's like, oh, I'll call you when we figure our shit out. And she literally goes, I can't wait. She's so sick of them. So Olivia and Elliot are on a walkabout. It, it's kind of like a, a peaceful talk where they're kind of just trying to talk past their differences. And Olivia's making her case. She's like, listen, Virginia's father's absent. It's not unlikely that she'd be interested in older men. And finally, Stabler's like, well, okay, well, how old were you? Because he can tell from the way she's talking, she's speaking from experience. Yeah, she's trying to convince him that it's not because he's like, no, Virginia would never like fall in love with an old man or whatever. And she goes, yeah, it can, can happen sometimes, actually. It can happen. It can be really beautiful. Um, okay, tell me more about this thing that obviously happened to you. So she was 16 and the man was in his 30s. Christ's sake, Olivia. That's disgusting. This is from my old notes, but I still stand by that. No, no. Everything you said five months ago still stands. That's literally disgusting. But she literally argues soulmates come in all shapes and sizes, not all sorts of age differences. So disgusting. So I finally I I wrote back then that I chalked this up to bad writing because it sounded weird because she was it sounded like she was defending it. But what I think in reality, what was happening was that she was trying to prove to him like, no, no, this is the thought process. Like soulmates come in all shapes. Okay. But okay, that makes a lot more sense. Because her delivery, she's like yelling it kind of. She goes, soulmates come in all shapes and sizes. And it's like. I know. It would have made more sense if she was like, yeah. And at that age, your brain is like, oh, well, oh, you know, I know he's older, but soulmates come in all shapes and sizes. Right. Exactly. So it was because I remember last last time we did this, we were like, what is she talking about? So Olivia, once again, harps on the fact that she didn't remember the position of the body. She goes, Elliot, have you ever seen that before? I'm like. I kind of feel like I think both can be true. But also, if you were the killer, wouldn't you have seen the body? Yes. I don't really get her point. Maybe that's what. uh, mm, That's weird. Also, like, I'm sure some people are so traumatized by that that they don't remember. Right. I would think. I mean, I'm, I'm not a psychologist. Yeah, it's weird. But she's like, that's clear evidence. So she insinuates Elliot is trying to protect Virginia because he sees some of Maureen in her. And that's it. That's the scene. Yeah. And you're right. You'll love this. This is, see Casa de Stabler? That's how many lines I have about that scene. <laughs> so Stabler house, Casa de Stabler. It's homecoming night. So Maureen's now wearing a prom dress, which is weird because to go out to a family dinner, she was wearing what should be a homecoming dress. I know. And wearing homecoming makeup. But now she's going to homecoming and wearing a full prom dress. And her date's in a tuxedo. What is this? Weird homecoming. Little Jimmy Delmonico is there in a tux with a corsage. Um, I said that Kathy lied because Jimmy, little Jimmy doesn't sound like he has a six foot voice. No. Stabler looks mad. Kathy goes to take a picture of them and Stabler po- Stabler, like, won't get out of the picture because he's a fucking creep. Um, so he finally gets out of the picture. He tells Maureen she looks beautiful as she's about to leave. Maureen goes, just a sec. And then she walks back over to Stabler and gives him a kiss on the cheek and tells him not to wait up. She's asserting her dominance. 
She's like, cheek kisses. That's what we do now. Yeah. She's setting a boundary Mm -hmm. with her dad, which I wish she didn't have to do. I know. I really don't love that for her. Done, done. Uh, So now we're back at the Hayes residence. BNS walk up to the front door and they're like immediately buzzed in. (laughs) So like they literally, they don't even knock. I think they just like, they they hear the buzzer. They're like, (laughs) oh. So Virginia calls down to them that she is upstairs. So they go up and they find her in Schle's old room. They ask Virginia what she wanted to talk to them about. So apparently she called them. So she admits then that Tom Scott never raped her. And they ask her if Shilly did. And she goes, I wouldn't call it rape. And then they tell her to get on with it, basically. They're like, okay, then tell us what fucking happened. I'm so tired of this. So Virginia waltzes over to the bookcase in the room. And she starts stroking it with her fucking fingers. Um, she starts telling them that Schiller would tell she and her mom about all of his travels. They try to interrupt her. And they're like, can you just tell us about when the sex started? It was a rainy day on July 17th. Her mother wasn't home and she and Schiller ordered Ethiopian food. She bites her lip and goes, it was delicious. Stop biting your lip. And who are you, Alicia Silverstone? Right. And you are not. Olivia looks pissed. <laughs> She's like, look like she wants to fucking cry. She's so annoyed. So Virginia giggles and says that she kissed Shilly that night. And that's how it started. He didn't coerce her at all. No, not at all. Mm, um, yeah. Not at all. No, it wasn't his idea. No, it was just all you. Um, they couldn't help themselves, is what she says. It's every man's, a literal line that comes out of this. It's every man's fantasy, right? Having some young girl want him. And she looks right at Stabler, who likes to kiss his daughter on the mouth. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like oh, what? Huh? Hmm? Uh, not like this. It's only okay if it's your father. <laughs> your father. Your father. Um, she says that having sex with Schillinger was the first time that making love ever felt Good is how she says it. And I mean, that's like, good. Good. And that was the first time it felt natural. The first time ever in her life, she says, that having sex felt natural. Honey. You've had too much sex for your age. I know. Those words shouldn't come out of your mouth until you've had an unfulfilling sex life at 37 years old. Yes. Where is Audrey Jackson? My God, we need her here. I know. She came too late, didn't stay long enough. So Virginia says that this affair lasted months um, and that every time he left to go on assignment, she would cry and feel like she was going to die. I'm sorry. I only laughed because it was like, she's 16. You're 16. Like, this is why it's all so wrong. And every time he came back, he promised he would never leave her again. So one day, Virginia read his mail. She read that he was going to go on another assignment in Romania. So she got all excited because she was like, he told me he's not going to leave me again. She started to pack her bags, assuming that she would be going with him. At this point, she kneels down next to the chair where... Shelly was found dead and she puts both her hands on it like kind of like like she's caressing it a little bit so Stabler gets on her level I think he's real he knows that she's like about to confess he gets on her level Stabler goes what did you do and then she says I did what he liked and so that she demonstrates how basically they had sex in this chair she said that she got on top of him in the chair they had sex um, and then when they were done she asked him to take her away with him like he promised and he says that he needed to travel light. And she does her mad voice. She goes, he says he needed to travel light. I know. That is like the most, that is the least performancey Virginia Hayes has been. That is the first time you kind of see a break in her charade. Yeah. It's, it, she does do a good job. I hated it when I first watched mm-hmm. it and we first had to take notes. But now it is kind of, because it's so, she's a creepy girl. You know, yeah. like when you think about it, it is really disturbing. Because she'll talk like this and change the inflection so much. They said he wanted to travel white. <laughs> it's like, it was pretty. I'm like, oh. Okay. Um, so don't blame her here. Because after hearing that, she says that she just broke. And she put her knee 
on his throat. And she started to suffocate him like that. And then when she knew he was dead, she took her mother's underwear that she had been wearing and she put it in his mouth and she left. I'm like, where'd the tape come from? Oh, no one cares. Okay. She said that she just wanted to leave her life so, so bad. Um, and she couldn't bear the thought of him leaving one more time. And so she starts to cry. She's hugging the chair. Elliot, Elliot seems kind of embarrassed. So he's he, like, like, he literally just walks away. And Olivia's like, oh, what, what's that, Al? Oh, what was that? Could you repeat that whole story again, Virginia? It wasn't hot Tom Scott or your mom. Like what? this dumb idiot thought. That's you, Al. You're the dumb idiot. <laughs> hey, L, why did you? L, get back here. Elliot. Don't you want to hear some more of this great story? She's not done. <laughs> wow, we roasted the shit out of Elliot this whole episode. It went, I don't remember if we did this last time, but I have turned, I went from hating Virginia. Part of the reason I think I have 20 pages of notes is because I'm just being like, Virginia, Virginia, Virginia. And now I'm like, Elliot's dumbass. Kissing his daughter. <laughs> well, Dun dun, we're back at the precinct, and Elliot kind of shuffles shamefacedly into Cragen's office. So embarrassing. Cragen's like, all right, well, Virginia's getting man too. Stabler sits down. He's like, oh, I used to take Maureen to the playground, but I wouldn't watch her. I'd watch all the men around because I want to protect her. Looking for pedophiles, Dad? No. <coughs> what? 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 <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, I guess I just saw Virginia the same way I saw Maureen. Can I remind everyone Virginia is still a victim? <laughs> I know she killed the guy, but he was statutorily raping her. She is unlikable. What a patently unlikable. But at the same time. Out of nowhere, Kraken goes, your daughter loving someone else doesn't mean she loves you any less. Thanks. I'm glad that someone had to point that out to him. <laughs> really makes me comfortable you're though. watching from outside the blinds with with your binoculars Kraken gives the parting note and he's like listen your feelings will always be a part of your police work five months ago i was super pissed because i was like this is a very stark contrast when olivia had feelings in episode one no everyone told her that she was going to be off the squad i i distinctly remember we talked about that because he says at the very end like the last sentence is you should worry when you don't like feel something about the cases and i'm like but what no crying in baseball but then he says to stabler he's He's like it's okay buddy don't worry these feelings are normal you should feel weird when you don't want to kiss your daughter executive producer dick wolf i guess we didn't do that back then because i don't have that in my notes i wrote end god we've come so far we've come so far my closing notes pardon me well my mate i really have no other questions about this the one thing I remember always feeling weird to me was why would Shilly, a grown ass man, allow a girl to just knee choke him to death? That is confusing. I thought it was perhaps insinuated. It was, we didn't really say this. He's in a very weird chair, it's a kind of a recliner. And I know there are positions you can get in where even if you are significantly stronger than the person on top, it's all physics. You know what? I think you're right. It's one of those. Maybe we'll post a picture of it. It's a bizarre-ass chair. It's one of those chairs, um, if you were to sit in it, you'd be kind of laying down, and the butt part (laughs) is, like, really deep. It's, like, a really deep butt part. So you're kind of laying. I'm, like, So I'm wondering if that's why they chose that specific chair. That's a good point, actually. like, a Barca lounger. Oh, good point. Yeah, because if she was sitting like us right now, we're sitting up straight, and I, like, go to, like, you know, 
have sex with you, tell you not to leave <laughs> me, and then, like, try to kill you with my knee, you could definitely, like, push me off, like, yeah. launch me, like, kick me in the cooter, you know, like, all that. So, blunt force trauma, pussy. It barely sounds like there was any struggle. So, I feel like he was just in, like, a position. Yeah, where, where he, he couldn't. But oh, that wait. was. What about the blunt force trauma? Oh my god. Wait. That's how he died. <laughs> That's how he died. That's what they say in the beginning. And they never found the weapon. Where's the duct tape from? Did we? I kind of remember us having this conversation back then. Because it would make more sense if she had hit him in the head and then he was too dazed to stop her from choking him. But they said specifically cause of death was blunt force trauma to the head not because otherwise it would be manual strangulation it wouldn't have been blunt force trauma to the throat she said specifically she choked him out yeah no and they don't i think we would know if like there was a difference between (laughs) between blunt force trauma to the larynx and strangling somebody strangling god God damn it my other note is that this episode was an homage to lolita yes um like annabelle is the so i don't think we said this but Mrs. Hayes's name is Annabelle Hayes. Annabelle is the name of the child Humbert Humbert is first infatuated with. Um, Hayes is Lolita's last name, so oh, they use yeah. that, the name Hayes. And then um, Richard Schiller is the name of Lolita's husband. Oh, my God. So, I actually didn't know any of that. Wow, this is like a heavy Lolita. Oh, yeah. This is, I mean, they kind of aged, they aged her up. To be, yeah, they did. Thank God. I mean, they, every movie they ever do on that book, they age her up. I'm always shocked whenever I remember there are two Lolita movies. I'm like, two of you thought that was a good movie to make? Actually, Brittany, do you know if a, it's a Braille penthouse mentioned in Lolita? Because that was my only other outstanding. I'm like, what the fuck is a Braille penthouse? It's nothing. I don't think so. I think that's just her trying to be clever. Like he's using his fingers, but it's like sexy and secret. So it's like he's sneakily reading a penthouse, but he's not. He's touching the globe. Oh, my God. Am I stupid? I No, it's just it's a weird, dumb I comment. I that penthouse me. is a fucking magazine. Oh, no. You... <laughs> I thought that's what you were saying. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. This is kind of like corned beef. Not as bad as that. That was pretty bad. Um, it's a little bit more like euthanasia, I guess. Well, who reads Penthouse anymore, Paige? Everyone's Playboy. How could I have not? Like, of course, Penthouse. That was, wasn't there, there was a whole issue on Rock of Love bus where that one, wasn't the girl was being like, I'm a penthouse plight, you know, like, I'm a penthouse mate or something. Like a- I think the winner of, the, of Rock of Love bus was a penthouse girl. With a penthouse girl. And they were all, they were upper ass about it because they were like, I think because they were accusing her of being like a, fa- a clout chaser at yeah. the time, which that wasn't a word back then. But um, they were like, well, you're in penthouse. You're in penthouse. And she was like, I'm proud of being in penthouse. Yeah. And then she won. And but that was my least favorite season because I'm such a it was weird. I'm a drip and I kind of bought the first two seasons. I'm like, those would really be his girlfriends. And season three, even oh, I wouldn't buy that. I was like, he doesn't even like her. The runner up liked him so much more mm. than the girl he picked. Nothing. I, I'm trying to. Did I have any other? I'm like, was there anything I was holding back during? No, just the throat thing I thought was weird. And now it's even weirder because blunt force drama. Yeah, I feel like they messed the writing of that episode up. I think so. I can't rewatch this episode for a fifth time. Krista, could you please rewatch this episode and tell us if we're crazy? Yeah. Did, can you look? Um, 
I'll get the timestamp and text it to you, Krista. But can you look at the scene? It's like three minutes in where they're in the bullpen and tell us if it was blunt force trauma to the head or just blunt force trauma. And then could you look up if you can get blunt force trauma? <laughs> we just give her a full on school assignment. Are you writing this down? <laughs> Stop driving. Pull over. Yeah. Mike, is she? Mike. Mike, are you there? Mike. Oh, hi, Mike. Michael. You... Mike, stop. Look at me. Could you write that down for her, please? She's driving. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's it. So this is kind of officially. Well, I'm proud of us. We get to 25 episodes, period. Yes. I know a couple of them were like episode specials, farewells to Brian Cassidy and such. But we got through 25 fucking episodes of a podcast. We did. We covered an entire season. 22 whole episodes of a 40 minute long show that was on that's been on for 24 years <laughs> and we will not be covering 24 years of it we have committed to as stable until stablerly leaves and then we're done then we're because leaving. there's no point we're not going to cover the curly headed fuck years we're not no cover. <laughs> noah who no well now really thank you for listening to all of season one thank you so 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 much Thank you so much for the dedicated people. Um, thank you for anyone new. Thank you. This is like, this has been really fun. This has been super fun. It's hard work for us. You know, not like bad hard work, but it is a job. So I'm never going to make fun. I will make fun of actual celebrities with podcasts because that's why do you well, have, they have producers you have and producers. writers and people who do everything. They just basically have to show up and be the talent. I'd love a team, honestly, and an editor, someone to set up all the equipment. Honestly, if someone took notes, that would be great. That would be so God, great. The notes take so long. Notes take forever. I mean, well, I, I can't believe I put a lot of dumb shit in these notes that this was a learning experience going back. I'm like, no, no, never again. Like, I used to write in such a way that it's hard to make a cohesive idea out of what I'm saying sometimes. Yeah. And it's, you know, you write them kind of, we write them kind of up until the day that we end up recording and so sometimes even then you're like why did I fucking write that what was I doing two hours ago like I don't get it was I not paying attention I typically have to do two or three sit downs for my notes I I pause and then I come back just because I start to notice that I am not taking such good notes because I get lazy I start to fall into how I used to view law and order before I was rehabbing it where I'm watching it but I'm also doing 50 other things yeah as you should do to a law and order episode I feel like we're almost paying too much attention no I think they that's why they weren't meant for us to do this no analysis. You, you find out things you didn't want to know or you have questions about that is why it's frustrating too because we'll be writing down things we're like but why and then you get stuck on the why because mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense yeah no, you're right. I don't think these are meant to be to be analyzed. My part, well, my last note um, from five months ago is, five months ago was, will Elliot be obsessed with Maureen for all of season one? Yes. Yes. It's actually kind of wonderful that we can go back and read that and answer the question, which is, yes. Yes. And. Dear God, yes. Dear God. This, this might have been the peak, though. This obsessing over kissing her on the mouth mm-hmm. thing. Whoa. Looking. That was, I, we have, after this, we had one more. We had Maureen kill Jean. That was a weird one. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I think they dialed it back. I wonder if they were getting like angry snail mail letters about the kissing. Be like, can you dial back with how much Stabler loves Maureen? Well, okay. Remember, we recorded this episode and you were like, oh my God, Elliot's little girlfriend, Maureen. I was like, Paige, 
you're being too intense on them. And then the very next episode, he rolls up to that picnic and drapes his coat around Maureen. And I was like, I stand corrected. And I think you didn't even notice that part. And I was like, no, and I then I had to take back what I said last episode because right away, instead of putting it around his own wife's shoulders, he's his like, wife. yeah, he puts it on his daughter. That was also the episode where he's like, he arrives, goes, where's Dickie? And then jogs. <laughs> ah, 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 and he sees Dickie like standing. Ten feet away. And he's like, hi, dad. Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me? Or are you looking for pedophiles? <laughs> I've really come around to Dickie. I think he's hilarious. Dickie's now. great. Oh, yeah. That was also the episode where when he was like, are you mad at me? We're like, wow, red flag. Damn. He's asking if you're mad two seconds after you arrive. Ooh. Mm. Mm. Look in that mirror, Elliot. <laughs> Look into your child's eyes and ask He's yourself. He's too busy looking for Maureen and ignoring Elizabeth. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you again, again, again for staying with us through season one. We really are going to do a season one recap look back. We weren't lying about that. We just were going to do that. And then we're like, I f- we both felt we were at a place where we could talk about Wanderlust again. We did try, but it was so fresh. And now we kind of forgot what happened. So we're like, oh, we can talk about it. It was a lot easier. I skipped through half my notes. I mean, we're still recording a lot, but that's because we've had a lot of uh, digressions I today. Know. This is, <laughs> I digress. I digress. <laughs> we'll see you when we see you. Bye, Bye. guys.